friends, and again, welcome to On Death. We are a podcast where we explore the oftentimes taboo topics of death, dying, and grief. We offer people a place to gather and listen to others about their experience with death and dying. We aim to encourage and support a healthy relationship with death and move from a culture of mostly death denial to a community focused on living more fully alive. And as always, I'm joined with my awesome co-host, Tom. How are you doing today, Tom? <laughs> hey, Matthew. Doing great. Super excited to have Alex Sidek on the show today. She is, uh, I met her on a photo shoot actually just a couple of weeks ago, and uh, she is a trainer, a horse trainer, who um, teaches people how to ride horses in a way that's more like a companionship, like a like a partnership between the rider and the horse than uh, a domination. And it's like a, a wild a wilding, a rewilding of the the relationship of of rider and horse. Um, not just that, she's she's an incredible healer and has been through a lot herself and I'm really excited for her to share some of her experiences today. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, we're we're super excited to have you. Just hearing Tom read the introduction or introduce you, um, the idea of like being a companion with an animal. I think, especially with a with this these big horses, you know, like right. that's they're, they're so intimidating to me sometimes. Like I I felt that when he said that, I was like, oh wow, that just changed my relationship hearing that. Yeah, they're actually, I think their size, how big they are, it makes it a little bit confusing because they're so sensitive. Hmm. They, I mean, they can feel a fly land on their backs. So it's, you know, it's a, one one of the exercises that I do with people is I have them stand next to the horse and move the horse's hindquarters. Oops, sorry, the microphone. Move the horse's like uh, hindquarters, like the butt, without touching them and so they sense our energy right away they sense us from six feet away so they actually feel your pulse and your heartbeat from six feet away wow so and also they regulate their heartbeat to match yours hmm. which okay. is really cool yeah so that's why they're so um they're so amazing and why i call it horse medicine because Today we have meditation, we have yoga, we have all these practices to drop into the body, but with the horse you're forced to, because if you don't, then they they give you a direct mirror of you. Hmm. And so you have to like, you have to slow down, like you have to check out, like you have to just be present. So it's kind of like mindful horsemanship. Hmm. Is what you... I <laughs> I, I know there's so there's so much stuff I want to get to, but I really want to share this because I was just reminded of this yesterday. Tom mm -hmm. and I were talking offline, and he asked me about uh, if I had ever had any close encounters with dying. Mm. And <clears throat> kind of when I was by a horse. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> And, and I, so I, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll start today. I want to share this. I was down in South America in, in Ecuador 
Uh-huh. And um, me and a couple of friends were going to ride trail horses. And my, my parents kind of grew up riding horses. So I had some experience as like a young boy, but as an adult, like no experience at all. And I just had this vision of being like awesome. Like I was going to get on the horse. <laughs> I was just going to like find my thing. Like I was gonna be like, all right, here I am. Here I go. And it wasn't like that at all. No. Like, I, I had this, <laughs> it was the opposite. I had this sort of, I guess she was a little older and mm. a little cranky. And yeah. there was a big language barrier between me and the, the guy who was running the trail. And immediately within the first 10 minutes, she kind of like, we were like running towards like the side of the road and she sort of stopped short and I flew over her. So I got tossed. Wow. I ended up, I ended up, that was, I was okay, but I was sort of shook. Yeah. And I was like, I was kind of nervous now the whole ride. And so we ended up going on this big trail and it was fun. Obviously it was scary, but when we got down off the trail and back on the road, like the cement concrete road, she must've known the she's getting fed. So she just decided to book it and like, she starts running. And I, and I have like no training. And I just remember holding on, just praying like, God, I don't want to, I don't want to get my face bashed in. I don't want to get bucked off this horse. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was like, the, did you fall off again? I, I did. No, I did. I would have got, I would have got messed up. Yeah, she was gone. And I got off the horse and I was just like, oh, thank you so much for protecting me. But like, <laughs> that's, oof, but that's, next time. <laughs> it's scary to fall off. No shit. Yeah, but but I think maybe you went in there with an ego. <laughs> Trying okay. to be a cowboy. <laughs> she showed you real quick. <laughs> she definitely showed me. I think she was also cranky at the 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 sort of man who was her yeah i'm sure but mares are famous for like if you don't connect first that's when accidents happen so maybe you were just like there to do a trail ride and you didn't connect and so she's like threw you off to kind of force you to think more about horses well, <laughs> you know, it can happen. So, so, so I guess that, that comes to like, Tom was telling me you, you, you did have a, an injury from a horse. I've had so many injuries from horses. Yeah. I've, I, I grew up playing polo, so it's the third most dangerous sport in the world. So I've been dragged by the stirrups. I've had horses roll over me. I've been stepped on. I've been ran over. I've had so many concussions, but I had um, one fall that was um, from walking, actually, which was kind of stupid. So I was uh, on my horse Hinto uh, going uphill and I was leaning forward and I was riding with a person and her horse wouldn't slow down and I asked her to slow down, but she didn't. And so Hinto started getting antsy and he did this like head snake thing. Like he was upset. And then he whacked me with his head mm. on my chin. And it came with such a force that I broke my eye socket 
and I, I, I'm, you know, I went unconscious and I fell off. I don't remember falling off, but I, I, I'm pretty sure I had a small brain bleeding and a severe concussion. And, um, I didn't get the right help that I should have because I'm here on traveler's insurance. So it's, it's a long story, but the help that I should have had gotten right then and there, I didn't get until weeks later. And then it was like too late to kind of address everything that happened. So my speech was, uh, the first memory I have is I went into this like white light and I came out and then I can't find my tongue. Like I can't like, I was like searching for my, I, I can still have speech problems. Like people don't notice, but I notice cause I'm, I'm like thinking about where my tongue is, which is something you don't think about. You know, that's just something that I have to make an effort to, to, to do. Like when I think about words, I'm like, wait, where's my tongue? <laughs> find my tongue. Yeah. <laughs> and so if I'm really tired, I can start, um, sluttering and like yeah mumbling a little bit um and after that i i kind of a couple of days went by and i still couldn't read i couldn't write i couldn't call home because i didn't know numbers anymore and then um my speech was still bad and i was in bed sleeping and i had my first seizure and I woke up from the seizure and then I, the white light came again. Hmm. And I kind of was like, to this day, I don't know if I died or if I didn't die. I just know that that's how, when people describe them dying, that's basically what they're describing. So uh, I went into this, like, I kind of like got sucked into this white light and everything was so calm and peaceful. And then there was some beings there and I was like, this is great. <laughs> Can I stay here? <laughs> it's like so awesome. <laughs> and then they said, no. And then they were very calm. No. And I said, why? And then, you know, no, you need to go back. You have more to do. And I said, no, I want to be here. And then I was like, <gasps> pulled back and I woke up. And it was the weirdest experience. I, I to this day I don't know what that was, but it was so um, strong that I, I like I can't ignore it, you know, mm. in a way. But I don't have on paper that I died and I came back. I can't say that, but that's how it felt. Mm. Wow, and it sounds it sounds very much like <laughs> like I died. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not a doctor, but. I... Yeah. And that was twice you said? Yeah. So first, the first, like when I went into that light in the tunnel was when he whacked my head and, and I just felt my brain go like something broke inside my brain. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and then I wasn't conscious, but I was in that white light, mm-hmm. but not as far in. In a way, oh my god, I talk with my hands too much. I keep pushing the microphone. <laughs> uh, but and then the second time was when I like two or three days later, and I'm in bed and and I'm sleeping, and I wake up from a seizure, mm. and then and then I didn't have seizures for a long time, and then they started again, like um, 
um, like a couple of months later. And then I started having them like three times a day. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And how long ago was that? That was now five years ago. Mm. No. Yeah, I think five. I'm terrible with years and numbers and memory. <laughs> yeah. That was a test. That, that was a test. You're like, do you know? <laughs> I I, yeah. I want to go back if we can when you yeah. said like the, the bean, like these you call beans. them beans, right? Yeah. Because I know listeners are going to be curious about either what it, if you could describe what it either looked like or felt like. Well, it was more like I came to this, like, it felt like a kingdom, but there was nothing that it wasn't like a castle or anything, but it felt like I came to like a port, like a portal of some sort. And then there was beings there and I couldn't, there wasn't like a face or anything. It's just their, like their presence. And it was kind of like a, felt like I arrived at a council kind of thing. And it was, uh, so nice i didn't have any body pain i didn't i didn't have any anxiety like all of these like uh earthly it kind of like the, what i experienced on earth didn't exist there mm-hmm. so i was like this is so nice can i just stay here i remember feeling i just want to stay here mm-hmm. and they told me no you have to go you have to go back you have more to do what was and- your sense what was your sense of self in that moment like did did you sense a body did you sense your I, ego what was what was more, you more like my essence like who i really really am but i forget that i am like the core of like the when i came here like the before you get ruined from human experiences that i was that there and it was awesome and I wanted to be that again, you know, that's kind of how it felt. Uh, that's the best way I can describe just like the core of my being was there and, and everything else, like all the stuff in life just like didn't, wasn't a part of me really. Like I had a huge detachment from those two. A lot of people that uh, I've heard talk about these experiences they they do say that there isn't any fear. No. And I'm I'm curious like how that affects you now. Like do you is, is there a fear of of death and dying? No. No, I and I'm I'm facing health stuff still and I I have a lot of um I'm not afraid of the dying itself. I'm afraid of the suffering leading up to the dying. Right. So I think that I have the capability of like dissect the two. Sickness sucks. Like that's like, uh, that's not fun at all. I'm afraid of the sickness. I'm not afraid of the actual dying. Right. So like, when it sounds like you're not afraid of death. Yeah. Death. No, no, not at all. That's like, that's, I think that's something good. Right. <laughs> like, not like, oh, yeah, let's die, everybody. Not, not like that. But like, I think that that's when you're liberated from this experience that we're in. That can be quite tough. Yeah. I mean, that's right. Our, our teacher Ramdas always says it's very comfortable. Mm. Yeah. That's how it felt. I felt like 
that that made you know the, and I, I feel like people can can get those experience like close to those experiences with you know uh plant medicine or you know you get close to it but it's not it it's not it like it's 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 different i think it's something we should all do really death yeah, yeah. It, let's yeah, at some point. Let's <laughs> At some point, we should all do it. We'll, we'll definitely try it on. Have you seen the movie Soul? Uh, the the um, animated one? Yeah. Yes. It made so much sense to me. Hmm. I, I thought it was epic. I, I was, I, I was, the whole way through, I was thinking about the person that wrote that script must have died. Hmm. Yeah, that that was my next question. Is some people <laughs> that I have talked to, they, they say that either the whoever wrote it has either had experiences with things like DMT or has had a near death experience. Yeah, it could, it could be it could be DMT or it could be, but I was thinking that person have died and came back. Hmm. That was what I was thinking about at least. But so, yeah, I'm sure. I wonder if you met. Uh, What's what's her name? The the soul number one who just like never wanted to be incarnated. <laughs> I think that was me. <laughs> I, I, I related to her. Like I was like, why just do I go back? Like that's how I felt. <laughs> yeah. And, and you also you had um some trouble as a, a young child too, right? Yeah. With your health. Yeah, I had. Uh, I still have, uh, I have um, a blood autoimmune disease. So my kidneys uh, shut down on me when I was eight and nobody could figure out what it was. And I, I almost died, but I, then I didn't have the, the light in the tunnel thing. Like I was just sick for an extended period of time. And I had crazy um, kind of like, not rashes but um it looks like weird bruising all over my legs and my joints in my body hurt so bad that i i couldn't walk i couldn't eat i couldn't i didn't keep any food and i missed school and i was like stuck wow. you know and i couldn't you know and all i was thinking about was horses because that was what what i was longing for was the horses hmm. So that's why that event that we did uh, with St. Jude's was so special for me. I didn't even realize, I didn't uh, put the dots together because I've been focused on training the horse for the event. But then when I was there, I was like, oh my God, like I'm talking to kids that would just like me, mm. like stuck in the hospital and I like, couldn't play with friends. Like I couldn't now, get out. Tell us a little bit about that um, event just because... Oh yeah, so it was. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So it's uh, it was um, a, a foundation that I'm working for called Why. Be I'm an ambassador for them. Uh, it's called Why Beauty Foundation, where we uh, raise awareness for wild horses and horses that uh, don't have homes. But also, we do uh, programs of uh, we. The first program we did was for St. Jude's Hospital for kids that are stuck in the hospital that are sick. And so I rode uh, Ghost, the founder's horse, uh, Ashley Avis. Um, I rode him bareback and uh, without a bridle, just to show the connection between human and horse, if you're willing to have that connection. So I did that for the kids and, uh, and I talked to them, you know, uh, 
about that, but I didn't connect uh, like why I'm like now I'm here, like talking to kids that were just like me. Hmm. I didn't connect that until I was at the spot. I didn't even think about it. Mm-hmm. And I remember in that interview, you you had some really powerful words for the kids, and you were talking about you. Just yeah, said, I was like, was that too heavy? <laughs> I but I wanted. So what did you say? I said just because the the doctors are giving you a diagnosis and they tell you they they might tell you something that sounds like it's the end. It doesn't mean that it's the end. And uh, a positive mind leads a positive life. And if you if you stay positive, no matter what diagnosis you have, like it can create a positive life. Mm-hmm. And because uh, the power of the mind, like even now when I've had uh, my like I had a stroke in January <laughs> from my blood disease and you know, it on paper it looks really scary and it's you know it's like up and down all the time but I think that my I'm d- despite these things like getting thrown at me I'm I'm focusing on what's it's also a self-defense mechanism but it's help it's a good self-defense mechanism because I choose to focus on what's good because if I get stuck in my sickness I am my sickness but a sickness is not your natural state of being it's something that's happening to you so if you're focusing on not what's happening to you but who you actually are then it's easier to to navigate these things and I have days where I'm like beep it like fuck it (laughs) you know like I can't (laughs) but but I think I bounce back really quick compared to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I I love what you're saying and, and hearing your story about your sickness when you were a young girl and, mm. and you know, the multiple injuries that come with um, the sport that you're in. And, and then five years ago with this traumatic head injury and these near-death experiences and and hearing you talk and what and connecting with you on video, it it's really a pleasure to see you like really being an embodied being while you're here, like living <laughs> life really like loudly and fully. And also, like you said, moments where you're like, fuck this. Yeah. This is a hard moment. Yeah. And the next moment. Yeah. You know, it's you can't get attached to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, and, but also really being alive in this life. Like yeah. sometimes people with sicknesses, like you said, they can just like be in their sickness mm. or just identifying as someone who's dying. Well, I think I think that's it's it's really hard to know. I feel bad because some people, you know. I don't know why I am this way. I have no idea why I have like chose like, so I don't want to sit here and say like, oh, you're, you know, that what they're going through is very real and it's very painful. And it's like really, really, really hard. I just want to say that. So it's not like "Eh, love and light because that's not what I'm about at all. Like I'm about what's real. And this is just like a pure choice that I made that works for me to feel better. So with that being said, like, I think that 
yes, some people do become, they can like get stuck in their sickness, but that's also if there depends on where your body is at too. Mm -hmm. Cause sometimes if the body is not like when I was a kid, I was very stuck in my sickness. Right. I had no chance of like, but I was positive, which I think helped. So I, I, it's like very hard to, I don't know. I don't want to say that like it's a choice because sometimes it's not. <laughs> so totally. It's like, I can't say that at all. Totally. No, hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, but I've heard that people told me that actually. Yeah. But, to, to, yeah. to deny someone suffering while they're suffering it, it is not going to help someone. I think, I feel like that's a part of the new age community, like, cause people are like, you're creating your own reality. And, mm -hmm. and, and so, which is very true in a lot of things, but if you're already so far gone that your body is like falling apart and you can't recover, then I think that's, that's like a harsh thing to say to, to someone. And what I'm hearing too, and in, in what you're saying is it's not necessarily that you're going to get better. No, but it's that you can still maybe find happiness too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and the moments become like, <clears throat> like I value happiness. So like, I want everything that's like a little bit good. I'm almost like a junkie with celebrating what's good. And the, the things that are bad, I don't really have patience. Like my, my threshold for negativity is like this high, like, I don't want to deal with it. Like, I'm just like, no, let's focus on what's good. Let's move forward. We're going to get through it. <laughs> so I think that, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, it doesn't mean that it's not hard and it doesn't mean that, but it's definitely better for you. And it does you better to 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 look at what's good than what's inevitably terrible. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's yeah, I would say it's a, a mindset. But I have I have days where I'm but you also need days where you're not good because then you're like, I can give myself a day where I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> like literally, like this is so hard. But then because I had a day and I gave myself a day, then I can continue and be positive. So I think it's okay. I think, I don't think it's good to just like shut out emotions. I think it's good to sit with them and process them and let they pass through you, but they have to pass through you. You can't let them be there for forever. Right. Like a full embodiment spectrum of emotions. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think everyone... I think that's what's like, I think that it's great that people are becoming more aware, but I think also that's the problem that like, we only look at what's good and we don't even let ourselves feel things. And then it gets stuck in our bodies. Mm. Yeah. Is what I think at least. <laughs> yeah. You got to feel it to heal it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Did you guys have like any near-death experiences yeah yeah um i've had a couple i've had a couple of close calls i don't think nothing where i've i've uh seen the light no. um no i've never been uh like i've never felt the life leaving my body before or, or something 
I guess that's how I would kind of describe how, how you, your stories went. Um, I was in a, I was in a really crazy, uh, car accident once with my brother and, um, yeah, we were driving in a pickup truck and we started hydroplaning at like 65 miles per hour and the truck went sideways on a really broad highway in North Carolina. And we skid into the center divider and then we were, the guardrail was just being like torn up, like 50 feet of guardrail we ripped up. And I was watching the grass go over the, the windshield. I thought like I was calculating in my mind, okay, you know, I can kind of also see through the grass. I can see the cars that were behind us are now kind of facing us almost. So we're like, we're kind of backwards, but we're, we're still moving in that direction. So I kind of calculated like, okay, we're going to go up, up the center divider over the other side and into oncoming traffic. And then we're just Mm -hmm. done. We're toast. You know, somebody's going to hit us and that's it. Yeah. Um, and you know, that kind of slow motion effect when your brain is recording all the information when (laughs) traumatic happening and like you, I'm, I'm getting the slow motion grass over the, over the windshield and I take a lot of peace and a lot of comfort in this moment. Actually, I reflect on it sometimes because in that moment I thought, ah, it's been really fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a hell of a ride. I'm like, I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. It makes um, you appreciate, it makes you see, it's like when those things happen, it's it's like a magnifying glass of how great it's been. And then, you know, how you don't want to kind of lose it maybe when you're there. Yeah. And, and then like, a, it's sort of, like, uh, I, I guess I ran through all the checklists in my, in my head or whatever the abbreviated checklist of, is it okay to die right now? And, <laughs> and I, I, I came to like, okay, I can accept this. Um, yeah. but of course, you know, that given the choice, I, I certainly wouldn't have wanted it. And it turns out, you know, I just, I broke a couple of ribs and like we flipped onto the side of the, of the, of the wow. truck and then back onto the wheels. And, uh, it was really spooky, actually. Like, nobody else hit us somehow. I don't. I don't know how. We just completely didn't get hit by anybody else, and we stopped. And once I called nine one one and I opened the door, there was this toy fire truck sitting right next to the car, and it was it was like brand new. It was a brand new toy fire what? truck sitting there. Yeah, and then the fire the actual fire truck pulls up. <laughs> it was no! so strange. It was so strange. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is in, it's in the middle of the highway in rural North Carolina. That was this... like a joke. <laughs> Seriously, I was like, like spirit playing joke. <laughs> yeah, it's like gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Check your pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. So. And then there was a time I was on an airplane and the engine caught on fire and, and we had to turn around and land. And that was way wow. worse because, because it was just 
like just it, it's the slow burn actually that's the problem right it's it's exactly yeah. what you're talking about with the difference between the fear of death and the fear of dying yeah. where it's like death in that moment when i thought death was going to be instantaneous yeah. i was like okay yeah. But when I have to sit on an airplane for three hours and and wonder if I'm going to make it back to the airport before. No, the crashes, no, like, no, 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 no. That's horrible. Yeah. Right. Right. Tom, you just made me think of. Uh, you, you were saying. Um, I went through the checklist to see if it was OK to die. And then I thought, yeah, OK. <laughs> like that. Okay. Let's do that. Yeah. Let's do it. Like, what are you not? Uh, let's ask all three of us. What mm -hmm. are you not okay with? With like, what are you most attached to right now? Mm -hmm. What would be like one of the hardest things to to let go of? I mean, mine is easy, but I'm gonna let you guys. Start no, no, go ahead. Go go first. My horses. <laughs> I hope your husband never hears this. Part. And my husband. <laughs> What's, what's your, <laughs> you're not getting off the hook. What are, what are your horses' names? Hinto, Hawk, and Sima. Hinto, Hawk, and Sima. Yeah. They, no, they, they, they just bring me so much joy. I would feel guilty, you know, leaving them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually like I, when I had my, my stroke, I, I wrote a will because I was like, I might die again <laughs> and sorry i'm laughing but it's like you kind of have to at this point and anyways and then i wrote in my will like my horses are like they are first in my will like if something happens to me like they i put them because though they they're under my care they're my responsibility and so i think that i would feel i would think in my last moments i would think about them because they're animals and they're my responsibility mm -hmm. And my husband, I know he would be fine. <laughs> Eventually, he can eat by himself, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, he can cook his own food. Like, if, if nobody feeds the horses, they die. <laughs> so She's backpedaling now. She's trying to, like, pat it for when her husband. No, but it's like, I feel responsibility over them. I think that's What's your husband's name? Taryn. Taryn? Yeah. I'm sorry. No! <laughs> <laughs> Tom, what about you? Uh, I recently discovered the full depth of my people pleasing nature. I describe myself as a, as like a recovering people pleaser. So I've done a lot of work on it. I've learned how to tell people that's not going to work for me. Yeah. It's, it's been a big journey, but I realized relatively recently that actually my biggest thing that I would miss or the, the, or the hardest thing that it would be for me to let go of is actually leaving someone else behind that loves me. Mm. Like, like what, like what the, that's the, it's the worst fear of a people pleaser is to, is to die and leave somebody. <laughs> <that> <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's the worst disappointment you could possibly put on anybody. You know, it's, 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 it's terrifying to think that no. someone, is going to be there like heartbroken and destroyed because I left them. But you're still connected. I think that's why I didn't say that first. You're still connected. Do you have, do you have someone in mind when you say that, Tom? Yeah. Well, currently, I mean, I, you know, 
currently it's it's my my partner yeah my partner margo um it's it's like something that when uh i think it's it 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 was sort of subconscious actually for me that it's it's been like lingering back there and when i think about deep commitment like i have a photo of my grandparents on the wall who were married for 67 years before they passed away last year and they remind me of of what lifelong companionship is Mm. and um it is messy and it's like and it's hard and and it's beautiful and it's also just kind of tragic (laughs) i mean alex to your point to your point you know you're still connected and also to your point previously of like it's not all sunshine and rainbows like you can't just you know yeah like they're the pain of losing someone is is real yeah and to to yeah it's it's just that would be really hard for me but the thing is i don't think when once you go you go that's not something you think about when you're in the tunnel. Mm. Mm. Right. The be- the super cool beings are up there waiting for me in there. Yeah, and, and you're going to you you get closure there. Mm. Mm. Did you feel closure when you were in that place? Yeah, that's why I wanted to stay. Mm. <laughs> I didn't mm. want to come back here. Wow. <laughs> yeah, well, you get closure there. It's not like that. Alex, hearing you say that, you know, I like thinking about my attachment and I was saying this to Tom the other day, like I, I very much enjoy life. I, 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 I love this experience, even when it's sloppy and messy and you're crying and, and you know, the whole full spectrum. Yeah. Um, my biggest attachment, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to look at that question, um, if like I was to say die, tomorrow like mm. what i would be what would be hardest for me to leave there'd probably be two, two that in initial is is my dog dracula and it's a good name <laughs> part of it is you know my my oh man my attachment to him is is incredibly like complex and i'm you know i i've lived with him all over the place we've traveled together and most recently he was diagnosed with heart disease had a bout of congestive heart failure so he is he's dying you know he's being treated but he's he's dying he's he's doing very well right now mm. but there's there's a there's a more finite amount of time that we have together mm. and just to like i know how much care he needs and I know that people will be able to care for him, mm. but like, I can just see his eyes like looking for me and like being like, where's dad? I, I imagine he calls me dad. I don't yeah. know. I mean, that's, that makes total sense for someone like me. <laughs> yeah. Where, where is he? Mm. And, and that breaks my heart. You know, and he's, he's like right over here snoring. Mm. The other, the other big attachment for me is, is, um, is my father. Yeah. My, my father is 70 now mm. and he lives alone. 
with with a another dog. Her name is Annabelle, but she's she is very old. She's like we almost like I hate to say this, we like lost count of how old she is. <laughs> she might be like <laughs> seventeen or eighteen at this point. It's it's kind of amazing to to even be around her because she's like she almost reminds me of Master Splinter. You know, she's just like so kind of decrepit. <laughs> As a king, but you know, I and and I don't want to, I don't want to air too much, but you know, my my dad's been through a lot. You know, he's mm-hmm. um, he's lost a lot in his life, and I I I just know for like if if he was to lose his son, how how devastating that would be, and um, the the grief would be really really hard for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- those are my two biggest mm-hmm. attachments. Yeah, I have tons of people that I would. Um, really miss too. And to your point, Alex, this, this, these experiences that I hear people talking about of what happens next and all of the work that I've done over the years in, in my own spiritual life, I still have moments where I'll, I'll sit down and I'll hold Dracula and I'll cry and I'll say, Oh, I hope, I hope this isn't the only time. Mm. You know, I, I, I treasure this time, <laughs> but I, I hope this isn't it. Yeah. And I, and I just sit there and, and, and cry, cry and cry and cry. Yeah. Well, that's what I think animals, I think animals um, teach us about death in a way, because their their lifespan is shorter than ours. So we learn how to love and let go through them mm-hmm. in a way. You know, yeah. my first death experience was my guinea pig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rocky Balboa was his name. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> yeah, and he was awesome. And he died, he died in my 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 hands. And it was like the first like uh, experience I had of, of something dying that I loved in my hands and I felt him leave you know like the body mm-hmm. just let go and so I think animals have that um, purpose to, for us to prepare prepare us for death in a way mm-hmm. that we can um, process it in a, in, a, in a more natural way when it does happen when we do have someone that we love that dies or or you know when it's time for us to go mm-hmm. yeah that's what i that's how i look at them mm-hmm. <laughs> do you feel like i mean you live life you yourself proclaimed adrenaline junkie yes so i mean you you're like you're not just walking the earth you are living yes. and fully and with the with sort of the expectation that this could disappear at any minute, I feel I feel that you're really grounded in that. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's why I didn't pick a nine to five. And I've been I've you know I've had like three different lives. Like mm-hmm. I was a pop star in Sweden, I was a polo player, and now I'm back to horses. Like, and I think it's because I don't I know it can end in any moment i don't my my level for putting myself through things that are not uh 
me living, I don't do it. And it's harder, you know, it's harder to, to not pick security because I never picked security, but I'm living what I, the way I want to live. And it's hard sometimes, but, but I'm creating something that's real mm-hmm. it, for me in this experience, because I know, you know, it's not, mm-hmm. I don't take it for granted. That's huge. And, and I, I kind of want to call you sort of like an amb- an ambassador for death ah! uh, in, the, in the way that you live. I don't know. There's, I think it's, I think it's no, I don't want to like put myself on, um, I think it's normal. I think when people been through this type of experience, something hits you in the head kind of, and you just, you, you change from you. you it's like, you're so like, you just change completely. You become a different person. You, you change your relationships. You change how you look at life. You change what you eat. You change how you, it's because you become so aware. And I think that that's not just, you know, like I'm an ambassador for that. Like, I think that that's like, I, I think anyone that's has died or like, or had was about to die, um, get to that point where you just don't, you can't, I can't do bullshit. I can't do small talk. I find it really hard to be in conversations where it's like, so what are you different? Like those conversations, I'm just like out. Like, I don't even, it's, you know, old people, they just like stop listening. That's me. (laughs) That's what I do. I don't have time for any of that. Like if someone is like low key bragging and it's not authentic or like they're coming at me with an angle and it wants something from me, like I don't have like the, attention span for it like it's that's what it's about and i feel like old people are like that too they're just you know they don't have the energy or attention span for it time is precious and yeah it's like i want to drink my cup of coffee mm-hmm. <laughs> let me be peace and quiet <laughs> oh yeah and with time being so precious what do you most want to do with it? I mean, I know you spend a lot of time with your horses, but you also just, you kind of slipped in there, this peace and quiet yeah. thing. And, and I, right before you said that, I was thinking about old people, old, yeah, old exactly. people and some, sometimes how they just sit, you know, like I was with my grandparents quite a bit in the couple of years leading up to their passing mm. and they just sit, you know, and they just sort of take in the peace and quiet yeah yeah because they're so fucking tired from living <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they just want to be <laughs> so you're not there yet you're like well i love being with old people mm. i love talking to old people it's my i love old people my dad is 87 so i i just you know he's technically supposed to be my grandpa so I just love being around old people and hear their knowledge and how they look at life and their uh, limit for bullshit is like, they don't, you know, they don't do that. They don't have the capacity for it. They don't have room for it. They just want to live because they, they earned it. You know, they worked their whole lives. And so I love being around old people. <laughs> 
I, I always have this sort of wish that more people would spend time with our elders um, because they do have so much to share with us. Mm. And younger people these days, um, especially those of uh, that are on social media and like mm. trying to be influencers and trying to like be experts, mm. um, it's it's just got to be exhausting. And if you sit with some of your elders, and if you are in a certain field, mm. like you know, my suggestion to anyone listening is to to find the elders in your field. Like have a teacher, mm. have a teacher that has a teacher, have, mm. have colleagues. If, if you are a teacher, you can have students, but surround yourself around people um, who can inspire you, but that, that are bringing in like a, a whole life of experience and knowledge the, because their time is limited. I mean, all of our time is limited, but there's maybe more limited than ours. So yeah, I, 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 I crave to see more time with, with some of the, the, our, our elders. I remember, uh, I'll just share one, one little story. I, I was with my uh, uncle Georgie, who is my grandfather's youngest brother. And um, I, I spent about a, a year, I was living with my grandmother when she was 90. She's older than that now. And I was hanging out with Uncle Georgie and he's a smaller Italian guy. And I remember him saying like, I feel disrespected sometimes when I go to like the supermarket because I'm, I'm older and I'm, I'm like small. And it fucking broke my heart nah. that we don't have more respect and love for our elders, you know, s- sit with them, hear their stories, even if they're babbling, you know, yeah, some them, there's always something in there. Yeah. I mean, look, they're babbling. <laughs> some, some of our elders are like cranky and that's it. Yeah. But let them be heard, you know, no. let, them, let them be heard. I agree. My battery is dying, so I'm going to disconnect and put, because my my cable that goes to my sound card needs to go to my battery, so I don't disconnect. Just so, hold on a second. My computer is dying. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. Well, speaking of time, we'll, we'll, we can wrap this up now, too. Okay, well, now I, it's connected now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sure. No, sorry, I didn't mean to drop. It was on 1%, and I was like, no. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that's a cultural thing too. I think that's an American thing. Um, if, for example, in Spain, Italy, France, uh, uh, Southern Europe and South America, you, your grandparents live with you and, and, and until they go, cause they, you know, they put you in this world and then when they can't take care of themselves, you become their parents. So it's like, you care for one another, but here and in Sweden too, actually, we we put them in elder homes and and um, well, in Sweden it's paid for because it's a socialistic country, uh, but it's still I never understood that because I 
I spent a lot of time growing up in Argentina and Spain. And so for me, that doesn't make sense to, to, to let, you know, I, I, I think that there's so, they brought us here, so we need to listen to them. And they also did every mistake that we're making. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they already did them. So that's why I think it's always good to talk to older people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had this, um, I was on a yoga retreat about a month ago, this beautiful spot in Mexico. And my mom came, it was the first time she had ever been on a yoga retreat. And oh. it was the first time she had ever done yoga. Um, but I just really wanted her to have a place to relax after losing both of her parents mm. uh, within a year, well, within six weeks of each other. And then now it's been a year and, and she just has not had a day off. Mm. Uh, so I brought her on this retreat and she had a hard time. The place is not made for, it's made for age, age ranges like 15 to, to 55. Anybody on either side of that age range has a like medium chance of dying just walking around at night. It's just <laughs> kind of like steep cliffs and I mean, it's a beautiful place, but it's a little tough on the body. Yeah. Um, and so I, I found myself, I was you know, walking her to her room at night and um, at first I was kind of like, man, I just want to go to bed. I'm tired. I don't want to walk my mom to her room and then walk back up. It's, it's exhausting and it's <laughs> a long time. And then eventually the resort offered to give her a ride up because um, she also, she's arthritic. And mm. uh, so they offered to give her a ride up and, and she was like, I don't want to, I don't want to get out on a golf cart and ride up the hill. And at first I was like, yeah, I get that. And then I was sitting in meditation th- that morning and I just had this, really profound appreciation for elders just come into my body. Just, it just like, it wasn't a lightning bolt per se, but it hit with that kind of speed. And then it was more like a waterfall just came through me and I just started bawling. Hmm. And the, um, the mother of the yoga teacher was there also. And my mom wasn't at the meditation. So like when I opened my eyes and I was all choked up, I looked at her the mother of the the leader of the retreat and Mm. and I just said thank you so much thank you thank you for all of the steps that you've walked up to this point so that we could be here Mm. and then I said to my mom later I said you fucking earn that golf cart get on that (laughs) golf cart and like wave to everybody as you drive by because you earned it like you earned every second on that golf cart (laughs) that's amazing and you grew up, um, I know we're going to wrap here soon, but you grew up kind of in this environment because you come from a lineage of horse people, horse handlers. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. horse people. Yeah, yeah horse people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not menatars, yeah. but. On my, but... On, my grand, on, my, on my dad's side, yeah. So Sweet. I'm, yeah, we're, um, my DNA is horse people, traveling horse people. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so you but you grew up like learning from your elders. You grew up that's kind of how you you were educated. Well, so my dad, so for me it was um so my for example, my mom's Swedish, right? And so she's look very Swedish and my brother looks very, very Swedish. And me and my dad, we don't look Swedish at all. 
um, and um, I grew up in this on the Swedish island with blonde kids with blue eyes and it wasn't necessarily you know um, you know that I looked like so different it was um, more my last name wasn't Swedish and they could tell that I was different and so I got picked on a lot for not being Swedish like not picked on like full-on racism um, and so I think that I was just so drawn to my heritage and my culture because I, I had to fight for it. Mm. And so my dad was always, you know, he's like, we're Swedish, but we're not. My dad is brown and beautiful. But, you know, he grew up during the Second World War in Sweden. So that's not easy. So that's a generational thing. Um, but everything that had to do with my grandfather, I was obsessed like I would you know go through photo albums and he was jumping on horses and he taught the king in Romania how to ride and how to train horses and he was a polo player and and because he I looked at him and I looked like him and I didn't look like my own brother and so so I just you know I was just that was my heritage and the only thing that would make sense why they were so mean to me and so that's why i claimed it and i own it and i tell everyone that you know like i'm half and i you know i'm horse people and that's what i do <laughs> it's like it's like i think it's also important to create healthy stereotypes you know in, in society because it's there's not that much especially in europe so mm -hmm. That's that's why I'm so my dad actually didn't uh, teach me how to speak Romanian, my own tongue or anything. He 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 actually tried to be like, no, you're Swedish. Hmm. And that created to protect me. But also at the same time, it put me in karate when I was seven and I could kick anybody's ass. Like, <laughs> which is like, you don't do that unless you know your daughter's going to like, get into some trouble. So, uh, so yeah, it was just me trying to, to understand what, what I was protecting and what I was fighting for, really. Hmm. Wow. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably going to be mad at me now for talking. <laughs> You've like, upset your father and your husband's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alex don't care. She lives life. She says it how it I, is. I'm joking now, but yeah. That's awesome. Uh, we want to give you some time here to share your work. So, you know, you've, you've come here, you've given us your time, you've shared amazing stories and we want to make sure that, that people who are touched by, by you as we are, uh, that they can, that they can find you and they can, they can be in your sphere. Um, yeah, well I do, um, I have a horse retreat, a horse healing retreat called healing with the horse, uh, that's happening May 15th and 16th in Topanga at a private nature reserve on 20 acres overlooking the ocean with big uh safari tents and mm. um we have a private chef on site and then first day you work with me with 
these techniques with the horses and what you need to look at in yourself. And um, it's really interesting because the horses also they regulate your nervous system, but also they show you uh, what what you need to work at. So for for example, if you're um, a pushover, then the horse will push you around, and if you're too bossy, it will protest. And so you get a direct mirror to yourself. Uh, and in a in a way that it's not a therapist telling you and you get defensive or like your partner is telling you and you get defensive it's the horse telling you mm. so it's really that's the first day and then the second day uh, my partner Cody is doing sound healing uh, and uh, one-on-one healing and then um, we just she's amazing she's amazing and she works through whatever came up in the session with me and uh, works that through the body and help the body release what's not supposed to be there anymore. And our goal is to just give people a window, uh, like a little chance to find a different walk in life and keep walking that walk in life and not just be stuck in the, the mind so much. And so that's May 15th and 16th. But then also I do this work with horses and you can find me on Instagram, Gypsy on a Horse. Gypsy on a Horse and gypsyonahorse.com too, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. And your podcast too is... Yeah, Gypsy on a Horse. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Like solid it. branding. Very solid. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank Alex, you. do you have um, any poetry or prose you want to share with us before um we end yes um i picked the the one that came to my mind instantly it's in swedish but i'm gonna try and translate it and it's um all the days that came and went little did i know that it was life itself can can we also hear that in in Swedish? Yeah, yeah, like let's let's honor that and Alla dagar som kom och gick inte visste jag att det var självaste livet. Amazing. <laughs> Alex, thank you so much. It, it's been it's been a lot of fun and I I love your your outward radiance and joy and laughter and lightheartedness. Um it's it's contagious. I think Tom and I have been smiling this whole time and laughing. Oh. You know, to to talk about sometimes really hard conversations for for people to hear. Um, it's great to also have these conversations in in a in a in a tone that that you can carry. So, um, oh. really interested um, and keeping up with your work and your your passion for what you do is incredibly thick and uh, your, your, your lineage of horse people that have come before you <laughs> have, have, uh, you know, a, a real beautiful incarnation um, spreading that uh, around right now over in Topanga Canyon. So thank you so much for your time. We, we appreciate it. And let's, let's definitely keep in touch. Yes, thanks for having me. <laughs> you. You're the best. Really appreciate it. It was such oh. a such a heartwarming conversation. And, oh, thank and it's you. true. I have been smiling the whole time, which is ah. <laughs> it's not that it's not that it's uh 
you know, I, it's not that it doesn't happen on other podcasts, but you know, it's like, there's always a different vibe and, and this one just happened to be smiley. And, and I, <laughs> I love that. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Bye for now. Bye. <laughs>